Well, I'm so glad that you're here today. Those that are watching online, we're so glad that you're watching. You realize two-thirds of our congregation are watching online right now, so I want you to know how special you are, how important you are, and I want to encourage you. It's so easy during that three months, even for myself, just to get into a routine or get out of a routine and Just keep God in the forefront of your everything. Even though we're having to watch for some of us, many of us online, that's why we're doing more Tuesday, Thursday. We're trying to engage people, engage with your friends, people to be encouraged in the midst of this pandemic and what's going on. Let's stay close to God. Let's press in because I believe there's going to be a day we're going to look back and say, look what God was doing And look what God did in our hearts. And look what God did in our church. Because God's not done with Countryside yet. We're just getting started. So let's be the church. How many believe that prayer is powerful? You believe that prayer makes a difference? That through prayer, things change? But how come so often we miss out on praying? Or it goes further and further down at times in our life where prayer's not the priority maybe that it used to. And we wonder, is it really doing something? Is it really powerful? Is it really changing lives? Is it really changing our life? Sometimes we compare our prayers to other people, which is so, so dangerous. We start looking and and we hear people pray out loud and they're like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper in Jesus' name. And you're like, whoa, that guy can pray. That lady can pray. She just bound everything there is in hell. She just bound it all. Now, I want you to know, God's not looking and listening to our prayers and have a sliding scale where, you know what? That was good. That was an A. I'm going to, you know what? The fire, I I felt it. They're going to get their prayers. God always looks at our hearts. God looks inside of our heart, the purity of our heart, the purity of our prayers. Never get into a contest thinking that that's going to get your prayers answered. That's not how it works. God hears our prayers. No matter how you pray, if it's coming from your heart, God hears your prayers. Your prayers are powerful, and your prayers are making a difference for the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? But it's so easy to get into a routine where prayer becomes so mundane, and it's just, okay, well, let's pray for our food. And then we say the same prayer for our food that we always pray. Or we pray at night, and we say the same prayer at night. And it can get so mundane where we just get into this routine where we feel so bored, and we just pray the same prayers over and over. During this series, we're going to look at truly praying with fire. What it means to pray with fire. What we're doing is we're looking at a book from Craig Rochelle called Dangerous Prayers. It was written a few months ago. It was a top-selling book. And it's so easy to get into that mundane, I'm just going to keep my prayer safe. But I believe especially in these times. I mean, we're living in the end times right now. It's, it's full of unfolding before us. It's an exciting time to be alive. It's not a time to be fearful. It's a time to embrace who we are as the body of Christ and be the church to a lost and a dying world. So don't be afraid. When I say end times, I'm like, yeah, let's go. God called us. Of all the generations, he's called us to be here, right here, right now, in the middle of all this mess that we're facing. God's called us. It's never been said in the word that it's safe to follow Jesus. 
when you pray dangerous prayers, when you begin to pray the way God's called us to pray, it doesn't say it's just going to be safe. It never says it's just going to be easy. It never says that you're just going to get everything you want. Because we don't serve a vending machine God. So many people, they think that's what prayer is. Prayer is like going to the vending machine and like, you know, I'll take a healing of my big toe today. Oh, there it comes. Oh, you know what? I need 10 grand. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray that 10 grand prayer today. God loves us enough not to be a vending machine God. Can you say amen to that? So what we're going to look at, we're going to start today in Acts chapter 4. And we're looking at Peter and John who are preaching. They are preaching about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're laying hands on the sick, and the sick are recovering. And there's this point in Acts chapter 4 where they pray for a man that had not walked in 40 years. And miraculously, God raised him up, and he began to walk. The priests, the religious people, the Sadducees, the captain of the temple guard, they were furious as they were watching Peter and John begin to raise people up. Then they were arrested. Peter and John were arrested and they were put in jail. The next day, Peter and John, they went before the trial, before the Sanhedrin, and they were asked by the authority of the Sanhedrin, by whose authority are you praying in? Who gives you the authority to pray and to do this miracle and to see this man walk. And this, I love this, in Acts chapter 4, verse 10, this is Peter's response to that statement to him. He said, let me clearly state to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Whoa. That is a bold response. He didn't just say, well, it was, it was Jesus. Oh, no. I mean, he put it in their face. I am praying boldly with the power in the name of Jesus Christ, who, by the way, is the person that you put to death, but God raised from the dead. That's who we're praying for. Now, that was bold. And the Sadducees, if you know the history of the Sadducees, they don't believe in bodily resurrection. So essentially what Peter was doing, he was de declaring war against the religious and the Sadducees and the, the temple guard and all of that. He was declaring war spiritually against them because they were not living according to the word of God. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They were amazed. For they, couldn't, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. So there they were. They're, they're like, oh, it's no big deal. These are just these ordinary men. The word ordinary in the Greek comes from the word idiotes. Idiotes is defined as ordinary unschooled, no special value, and ultimately, they're idiots. So they're saying, we're amazed by your boldness, but guess what? You're just a stupid, uneducated couple of idiots that don't really matter. It's a dilemma. Peter and John are there. The man was healed. 
these guys are telling them, and they threaten Peter and John, you cannot preach in the name of Jesus, and you cannot continue to heal people. Don't pray that way. But let me tell you, this is the reaction that Peter and John had. They were just called idiots. They were just told that they were stupid and that they don't matter, and they were threatened, if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. If you continue to preach about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this is what's going to happen. We're going to persecute you. We're going to beat you. We're going to put you in jail. And eventually, we're going to execute you. Now, I love the reaction of Peter and John. They didn't go, ooh, oh, no. Oh, no, I guess we offended them. Oh, I didn't mean to offend them. They didn't get into a little huddle and say, oh, God, keep us safe from those mean people. What they did, at that moment, they got together and they began to pray with the fire of the Holy Spirit that was inside of them. This was the reaction of Peter and John after they were told, you cannot do this or this is going to happen to you. And it says in verse 29, and now, O O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. They're saying, give us unshakable spiritual conviction to preach the unhindered word of God. Lord, let there be a spiritual urgency inside of us that no matter what the cost is, that we are going to preach your word and we're going to preach it boldly. You see, we live in a culture right now. The Western culture, it loves the message to say, if you serve God, then everything's going to be easy after that. You know, if you pray, then you're going to get all your wishes. It's like, he's a genie. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word says that they prayed that God would give them a holy boldness to proclaim the Word of God. We live in a culture of compromise. So many people, they like to have one foot in the world and one foot in church. And when it's comfortable to get your worship on, that, okay, I'll jump over here. Oh, and then when the things are in the, during the week, it's like, hey, I'm just like everybody else. That's not how God's called us to live. That is not living the Christian life. I want you to know that. That is a compromised way of living. Because if we truly believe, if we truly believe that this holy word from Genesis to Revelation is absolutely real, it's going to change the way that we pray. It's going to change the way that we live. It's going to change the way that we share the gospel of Jesus with other people. But God wants us to have a boldness about what, the way that we're living and what we're saying and how we're praying. Now, when I say a boldness, I'm not saying being obnoxious. Have you ever seen some people that are just like so obnoxious? You want they're like, there's nobody going to go to Christ because of that person because they're so obnoxious about it. But there is a boldness in the way that you live. You have no idea how many people are watching the way that you live every single day. And because of the way that you live, you're drawing people to Christ because of the boldness of your witness in the way that you live your life. All right, I just got lost. But I'm back. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Where would you rate your boldness in the way that you pray, in the way that you live? For some of you, maybe I'm 
I did pretty good. I'm a six or a seven. Really, you're probably more of a nine or a ten because I know you and I know how bold you are. There's others that's like, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of that, you know, secret service Christian where, you know, if people ask, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got my New Testament in here, somewhere in here. <clears throat> See, I can remember probably about 15 years ago. My brother, my younger brother, asked me to pray at the opening of a pinning for nurses. So when nurses graduate from their school and they get their degree, they have a pinning ceremony. And he says, I, we just want you to pray. They knew that my brother's a pastor, so they want you to pray. I said, sure, I'll pray. Well, the day before, he said, just so you know, there's people of different thoughts. And so they really want you to do like this universal kind of prayer and just kind of just include everybody. And I said, all right, I'll do it. And I did this generic, non-threatening, lack of faith, crappy prayer. I mean, that's what it was. It was just, oh, Father, in your name, whatever your name is. And, and I went home and before I laid my head down that night, I promised God I will never publicly pray a prayer like that ever again. If I am asked to pray, I am going to be bold. I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for character and truth. And guess what happened? <clears throat> I was turning down a lot of people asking me to do these generic prayers for years. Turn them down. Can I pray in Jesus' name? Ooh. That could be offensive. Then, then I'm not doing it. And then Mer, the mayor of Clearwater, Mayor Creticus, asked me just a couple of months ago, his, he termed out as our mayor, and he said, I'd like for you to be one of the pastors that closes my last couple of sessions out, and you open in prayer in the chamber for our council meeting. And I said, I'll do it. I didn't even ask him what kind of prayer. I just said, yeah, I'll do that. And so... I very carefully, I wanted it to be right. I can remember even letting Elaine review my prayer um, because I didn't want it to be a compromised prayer. And I can remember I'm praying. Father, I just pray, God, that the character and the truth will come out in these chambers. Father, that you would be the center of this council meeting. I mean, I was, I'm getting stirred up as I'm praying. I'm like, oh, this is good. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Whew. And I looked up, and I saw, I don't know why this one councilman just caught my eye. And he's looking at me like this. <laughs> you know, at Countryside, you say a good prayer, you guys are like, amen. All right, we clap a lot at Countryside. It's good. Well, nobody was clapping in this chamber meeting. And, and I remember looking up, and I just said, thank you. Nobody wanted to talk to me afterwards. No one was like, man, that was a great prayer. But you know what I did? I prayed according to God's word, the truth. And I prayed it boldly. I didn't do it in a way that was going to please people. It was going to boldly proclaim who God is. That's who I'm praying to. I'm praying to Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. I'm not going to be shy about that. I'm not going to pray to some universal whatever. I'm praying to Jesus, the truth, the prince of peace, the Messiah, our Lord, our God. I'm not going to compromise that. 
So let me ask you, how amazed are people by your boldness? Are they looking at you and they're like, man, they know exactly where you stand? Maybe you've worked next to someone. They know people at work. They know that's who I'm going to. When I have a need, I'm going to that one. I know that they're praying for me. They're not ashamed. Or there have been people that you sat in a cubicle right next to for 10 years and they have no idea that you're even a Christian. Now, I know some of you are looking, I know at home, you're like, oh, Pastor Glenn, praying with fire, he's stirred up. I am stirred up because this is our time and we can't walk in a compromising way. We have to be sold out to who Jesus is and be committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now back to this section of scripture with Peter and John in Acts chapter four. I'm gonna pick it up here in verses 29 through 31. It says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done in the name of the holy servant Jesus. And then right here in verse 31, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they preached the word of God with boldness. You see, after this bold prayer, after this dangerous prayer, after this on fire prayer, the Holy Spirit filled them up. There is power in the Holy Spirit that will fill you up and give you a new boldness that only comes from God. Maybe you think, well, I'm not really a bold person. Well, I want you to know in a biblical sense, boldness is not a personality trait. Maybe you're, not, maybe you're just normally very timid or you're introverted or you're shy. Maybe you're generally outspoken and a confident person, but when people start talking about the word, you just don't feel like you're worthy and you back up. You see, what Peter and John, they say after the prayer, God, make us bold. They didn't go from there and then go into, hey, you know what, Peter, John, let's go back into the, Let's go back in our back room. Let's turn on Eye of the Tiger. That gets me fired up. Now, and then I'll be bold. Dun, 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 dun. I'm not the only one. How many Eye of the Tiger people we got here? It gets me fired up. We don't need Eye of the Tiger to play in order for us to get stirred up and to be bold in our faith. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he emboldens you, and he gives you supernatural strength. We have to understand there are so many attributes of the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of our sins. He comforts us with our grief. He guides us. He's like our spiritual GPS that leads us and guides us. He draws us near. He draws us. To, nobody comes to the Father except for the Spirit that draws them in. But another attribute that's looked over so much is the Holy Spirit empowers you. It's a supernatural power that comes from God himself in the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, that empowers you, that makes you bold, and gives you supernatural strength to proclaim the goodness of our God. So, well, Pastor Glenn, I really don't want to start beating people in the head with the Bible. Pastor Glenn, is there another? Listen, being bold doesn't mean you're beating people in the head doesn't mean that you're jumping around on a stage like Pastor Glenn is. I'm stirred up today. I'm jumping around on the stage. You know what? Maybe you dress modestly. You're being bold. 
Maybe you read your Bible on break. People see that. You're being bold. Maybe in your cubicle, they're hearing, what is that? That's kind of, what, what is that? Oh, oh, that's my worship music. Oh, I got to get my worship on. That's boldness. Maybe when you know someone at your job is going through a difficult time, and you say, listen, on break, I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to believe for a miracle in your life. That's boldness. When I say boldness, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be weird. I'm really anti-weird. I know weird's been the, the word of the month for me here. We're in a weird time. But God's not called us to be weird, but who we are, we're sojourners. We're just passing through. If we get so comfortable with the things of the world, then guess what? We're going to look just like the world. And God's called us not to look like the world. He called us to be in the world, but not of the world. We're just passing through. And as we're passing through, God's going to use each one of us in our sphere of influence, on our platform, with our family, with our friends, to make a difference for Jesus Christ. That's what's going to happen. Acts chapter 5, starting verse 18, says they arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people the message of life. So as I take these next 10 minutes as we finish this message, there are three attributes of boldness that I want you to leave here with today. That we're going to pray that God will give us what real boldness is and supernatural strength. Number one, boldness always triggers spiritual opposition. Boldness always triggers spiritual opposition. Let me tell you, the devil hates you. He wants to destroy you. And when you start stepping out in faith and your faith and it's bold, the enemy's gonna be right there to try to defeat you and to, to knock you down. But that should only make us more bold because it's a real battle that we're fighting. And we need to stand up and say, not today, Satan. I'm going to be bold in my faith and God's going to use me in ways I've never thought and never seen. Verse 18 of Acts chapter 5. I love how Luke penned this. It says, they arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail for a second time. Here they are, they're in jail another time for doing the same things that they had done. They're just preaching the death, burial, and resurrection. They're praying for the sick, and the sick are recovering. But it's against what the religious people wanted for them. Can you imagine what they're thinking? If, if it was me, I'd be like, God, come on, this again? The, food, the food's terrible in jail. So many carbs, I'm going to gain weight. Lord, come on. I want you to know, living for Jesus, it's not, just this, it's not like a magic formula. Oh, then, it's not, he's not a genie. You don't rub this Bible so they can get whatever you want. But that's what Western Christianity wants you to believe. You just say, hey, just rub it. It's, it's all right. There's going to be opposition always spiritually when we step out in boldness. You pray with fire. You pray boldly. Guess what? There may be people that are going to make fun of you. There may be people that are going to criticize you. There may be people that are going to talk bad behind your back. Listen, when I worked at the post office, I worked there for 10 years. They knew me as the church boy. I was young. I was like 18 years old when I started. I was the church boy. So guess what? The church boy never got invited to go out after work. Now, they, they go out and drink and party and do whatever. They're like, hey, you know what? We're not inviting the church boy. 
I would have said no anyway, but we're not inviting the church boy. But guess what? It's amazing when they went through some really difficult times. Maybe their brother had an overdose. I can remember that happening. And the sister came to me and said, can I talk to you after, after you know, our shift is over? Because I need what you have. I need that peace. I need to be able to, to walk this out. Guess what? Church boy wasn't invited to go out. I was made fun of. I was criticized. Oh, he's boring. He's a loser. Guess what? When it got difficult, who were they looking up? Church boy. And guess who would pray with them every single time? The church boy. Living for Jesus. You might be home on a Saturday night. That's okay. You may not be in the popular crowd at school. I was in the band. I was in the band. <laughs> you know, everybody else, they were out doing their thing. They were partying. And then there was the band. We behaved. You know, <laughs> is, that, is that enough about the band for you? <laughs> Listen, you're not, if you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, then really you're not ready to be used by God. Because there's always going to be opposition when you're boldly standing up for God. Number two, boldness often releases God's miracles. Luke writes this. I love this. He writes this just as this is just the way of Christian living. This is just not even a big deal. It's just a statement that he gives in, in this part of Scripture in Acts chapter 5. He says, but an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates at the jail, and he brought them out. There's no explanation points. Look, but an angel of the Lord came out at night, opened the gates, brought them out. No big deal. That's what it means to be a Christian. Of course an angel came. Of course they were delivered. Of course God showed up. Because when you step out in boldness, God is going to show up. Let me tell you, if I have angels behind me, take a picture. I'm posting it on my Facebook. Come on. But we're so surprised when God shows up. But that's what God does. When you walk the normal Christian life and you walk out your faith boldly, God shows up in so many different ways. You'll see miracles beyond your belief when you begin to step out in your boldness. So when you walk in boldness, when you walk in obedience to God, you won't be surprised by the miracles of God. God is going to show up. Why? Because God is faithful. We serve a Holy Spirit that is faithful. God's always right on time with us. You may start praying out loud and wow, what comes out of you is going to shock you because it's there. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit stirs you up. You may be witnessing to somebody. Have you ever done this? Where you're just talking and it turns and all of a sudden you're talking about Jesus. Next thing you know, you have scriptures coming out. You have testimony coming out. And at the end, they're like, wow, that was powerful. And you're like, thanks. Where did that come from? <laughs> That's the normal Christian life. The Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do miracles, but you've got to be bold and you have to step out. Bold obedience will trigger a mighty move of God in your life. Start small, but start. Don't be a secret service Christian. Just start. Hey, I'm praying for you. You know how easy that is? I know people tell me every, now I'm a pastor, I understand. They're, they're going to tell me every day all their things. But people are telling you, man, I'm just having a hard time with this pandemic. I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. My kids are driving me. You know what? 
I'm going to pray for you. You're going to pray for me? Yeah, I'm going to pray to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Praying to you, just for you. Tonight, before I go to bed, I'm praying for you. Really? You'll be surprised how God moves through your obedience. Number three, boldness always requires faith. Boldness always requires faith. Acts chapter five, starting verse 20, it says, go to the temple, give the, po- give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. They've been arrested twice before. What do they do? They don't shy back. They're like, oh, I don't want to go back there again. They begin to do exactly what they were doing before that got them in jail. They were proclaiming the gospel message. They were proclaiming the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, I can remember when I first got on Facebook, probably, what was it, 19, no, 2009. And I started getting these emails on Messenger. And there were people from high school. I was just shocked. I'm like, well, I don't even know what this Facebook thing is. And I started getting these emails from people from high school first. And they're like, I can remember one guy, he said, hey, Glenn, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that you stood up for me when I was getting bullied and you told them that you were going to kick their butt. I'll never forget that. I'm like, I did that? Yeah. And then you invited me to church. I'll never forget, I got one from another guy that I was really close to my, my junior year in high school. And he wrote me, he said, you always were at church and you invited me to come and I heard the gospel message and I gave my life to Christ my senior year and I've never looked back. I had a girl say, just your dedication to the Lord in the midst of all the stuff that was going around us, you stood strong, you stood faithful, and because of your faith, it drew me in, and over time, man, I am a sold-out Christian, and you sowed the original seed that birthed that. That's what God will do. He always rewards when you're faithful. Then people at the post office started writing me. People in my life, they, that's what will happen because you're making a difference. A lot of times we feel like we're not really making a difference. I want you to know, listen to Pastor Glenn today. When you're living out the Christian life, you are making a difference with the people all around you. You may not hear it, they may not say anything, but you're making a difference. Be bold with what God has given you. You will have no idea what God might set in motion with a single act of boldness. You will have no idea. A single act of boldness, a kind word, maybe a generous gift, something, a kind word where you gave encouragement. You never know what will happen because what you are sowing and depositing every single day is seeds of God in the lives of the people around you. But be bold as you're planting. Not because of what you're gonna get, but because it's the truth. Jesus Christ died the most brutal death for you and for me. On the third day, he was raised from the dead, ascended to heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding on our behalf through our prayers right now for you and for me. Be bold with what we know. Do you really believe that? You see, that's what the Word says. One single act of boldness. So how did it turn out for Peter and John? You know, Western Christianity, they would say, well, it had to turn out good because that's what happens. Everything good turns out. I, Peter must have, Peter and John, they probably wrote a book, you know, a multi-million dollar book each. 
you know, they probably started some kind of a leadership consulting firm that was really training people and doing all these things. And then they probably retired in Colorado by the mountains. I'm sure that's what happened with Peter and John. That's not what happened to them. John, what happened to John? Contemporary historians, they say that when John was arrested towards the end, he was dipped in boiling oil. Why did they do that? They expected him to die, but yet he lived and he lived as an outcast on the Isle of Patmos. Wow, that doesn't sound too fun, does it? Peter, what happened to Peter? First century historians, they say that he was martyred in Rome. And when they were gonna crucify him in the same manner that Jesus was crucified, he said, I am not worthy to be crucified as my savior. And they turned him upside down and they crucified him upside down. See, boldness will come with opposition. We're going to face opposition by doing the right thing before the Lord. And I want you to hear this. This is so important. There will be a day, just like there was a day for John and Peter, where they stood before God Almighty by themselves. And God looked at John. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in. Peter. I can imagine Peter. Well, I can see God say, well, sometimes, Peter, you got a little rowdy. But, now that he said, well done, Peter. You preached on the day of Pentecost. You were bold with my word, the foundation of the church. Peter, well done. But that's just not for Peter and John. There's going to be a day that all of us are going to stand before God himself. You're not going to be there with your mom. You're not going to be there with Pastor Glenn. I got my own appointment. But it's going to be you, it's going to be God. My heart is to be able to look and say, God, I did what you called me to do. And he'd say, Glenn Davis, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in. That's an appointment we're all going to have. Do you believe the Word of God is absolutely true from Genesis to Revelation? That is absolutely the truth of where we're all going to end up and we're going to stand and we're going to have that appointment. Will you be able to say, I did what you called me to do? Will you hear those words? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here. Here you are in a pandemic and you're at church. Here you are at home. You're watching. You're dedicating yourself. Man, I'm hearing the word. I'm dedicated to the word of God. Let this be our prayer as we go through these dangerous prayers as we pray that God is gonna light our prayer life with a new fire. Let's pray that God will give us boldness to believe him for answered prayers. Prayers that you've just given up on, put them back on there. There's times that God's just looking for us to hold onto the horn of the altar and believe for miracles. Let's pray with boldness. Pray that God will give us a boldness, boldness in us to love people where they are to care and be the light of the world to a lost and a dark and a dying world. That we'd have the boldness, even as we go through to maybe invite someone to church or to invite somebody to watch online. Maybe we'd have the boldness to share messages on our Facebook page. Ooh, Pastor Glenn, now you're, whoa, Pastor Glenn. To be able to share, hey, I'll gladly proclaim the gospel to your friends. I'll gladly do that. Put, put me on your page. It's a joy, but it's a boldness. And, and then what happens? God opens up the door. God begins to move. 
a boldness to share our faith. You see, none of us are ever gonna fulfill our calling while we're in our comfort zone. None of us. One act of boldness, you never know what's gonna start in your life, in somebody else's life, with one single act of boldness. Well, Pastor Glenn, it's easy for you, you're a pastor. Listen, I am an introverted man. <laughs> Every week, I get out of my comfort zone to stand up here and proclaim the truth of the gospel. Every week when I'm on this stage and I'm looking, this is not where I get my worth and my value by being on this stage, but I'm walking out the obedience that God has called me to walk out, and I'm gonna walk it out boldly, and I'm gonna answer the call boldly, and through the obedience of God, get ready, church, because we're just getting started. It may seem like we're in a weird time. Our greatest days are ahead. Be obedient to where God's called you to be bold and obedient and your life will never be the same again. Can you say amen? Let's, let's close in a word of prayer. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, thank you. Thank you for a congregation that truly loves you, that's bold in their faith. Father, that you're doing a great work in them and through them, and you've called them for such a time as this. Any generation we could have been born, but we're born right here, right now, to represent you as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ with every head bowed and every eye closed, how many would just honestly say, Pastor Glenn, will you pray for me? I wanna become more bold in my faith and in my prayers. Will you raise your hand if that's you? I wanna be more bold. Thank you, hands everywhere. Father, they're requesting it, they're desiring it. I pray God that they would be bold and you would reward them and bless them for their boldness. Maybe you're here right now, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching online. This is the most important decision you'll ever make. You wanna hear those words that says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is by receiving the free gift of salvation by faith. Because of the grace of God, what he did for you and me on the cross, and it, believing in our heart that he died for us and he was risen on the third day, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for us right now, it's a free gift, but it's a gift that you have to receive. You see, God loves you enough to reach out to you and draws in your spirit by the Spirit of God. Maybe in your heart, you're feeling your heart, oh, my heart's pumped. That's the Holy Spirit that's drawing you. Nobody comes to the Father except the Holy Spirit draw them. So when I count to three, if that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you say, man, today's my day. Today's the day of salvation. I wanna receive that free gift today. If you're watching online, you can hit a button, or if you need a prayer, just say, pray for me. We'll call you, we'll reach out to you and pray for you, and we'll pray boldly. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, I want to receive that free gift today. Just raise your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Raise it up high. Amen. I see your hands over there. God bless you. Thank you so much. I see your hand up top. God bless you. I see your hand. I know there's people that are receiving Christ right now on the internet. Thank you for your response. Thank you. Let's all pray for the sake of all those that raised their hand today. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you gave your life for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. Today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and truly my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, we're going to start praying with fire again, aren't we? Are you ready to pray with some fire in your life? God bless you.
Would you stand with me to receive your blessing as the ushers go to those doors? Remember, they're gonna be blessing you and your life and your finances as you leave. But I'd like to say a blessing over you now. And if you're at home at this moment, would you just turn your palms upward so in just a posture of receiving from God? May the Lord bless you with Holy Spirit boldness. May the Lord bless you with such boldness in the face of opposition that would see miracles in your life. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Glad that you joined us today for another amazing Sunday. If you made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. We would love to pray with you. You can head to our prayer resources tab on the Countryside app. Also, we've got some great content going up on the app for you this week on Tuesday and Thursday. So stay tuned for that. And if not, we will see you guys next Sunday.